Hey lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and that'll give you access to our social media like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter now. And all that jazz. And all that jazz. <laughs> all right, so it's our one year anniversary. Uh-huh. Yay. Is this our 100th? Episode? No, this is like 56, 50. I believe. Okay. Um, I knew it was like either 50 or 60. I couldn't, I mean 100. I couldn't remember. Yeah, 50. I think it's 56. But yeah, it's our one year anniversary. So thank you guys for all the support and all the love. And hopefully in the next year, um, we're hoping to start doing some things like maybe getting some merch out, maybe starting a Patreon page. Finally getting on YouTube with our faces. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's been put on hold simply because it's so hard for us to get to record. And when we do record, it, we have to do it quickly and um, just with Hannah's schedule and everything. But hopefully next semester we'll be able to do it. And then um, every time we try, something happens. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. So um, if you can't. Hopefully you'll be able to hear Hannah. She's a little sick, or I don't know what's going on with you. Actually, you've yeah. been—we've all been sick, and then we all got over it. And now you're. No, I'm sick again, of course. <laughs> so... And it was on my birthday that I got sick. Yeah. Of <laughs> Something's weird. I don't know. I think it's just the weather, because like the other day it was like I don't know, 75 here in Mississippi, yeah. and then that night it was like 30. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome to the south. Um. Anyways, hopefully you can't hear the cats. Cat and dog are playing with each other. <laughs> Anyways, it's a crazy, it's a madhouse day. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Chicago Ripper Crew. Um, you had never heard of this one, right? No, I've never heard of this one. Yeah, she had never heard of this one. Um, and last night you were listening to it. And you heard some of it, yeah. Yeah, and you were doing research and stuff, and I was like trying to not pay attention, but I paid attention <laughs> to some of it, and I was like, what? And then yeah. I was like, no, I don't need to pay attention <laughs> Okay, so these murders took place um, between 1981 and 1982, so a very short time. wasn't very long. We're going to talk about their victims first, kind of in order, and then we'll, we'll talk about them. There's not much detail on them as far as, like, their backstory and stuff like that, so that's why I didn't start with that, like, their childhood and everything. Um, there is something crazy at the end that I will talk about, but let's get into it. So... May 23rd, 1981, Linda Sutton, she was a mother of two and she was a sex worker. She went missing and was missing for 10 days and then they finally found her body um, on this day, on May 23rd. She was found in a field behind a hotel and I believe the hotel was called... I can't think of the name of the hotel. It was it was some it was something, but this hotel was like in the middle of nowhere basically, and it had like a bunch of fields around it. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the hotel in The Shining or whatever. But she was found with her hands bound behind her back, and she had been mutilated. There were cuts all over her left and right breast. Her left breast had been cut off. And her underwear and pants were pulled down to her knees, and she had been um, sexually assaulted. 
Now I will say before we get any further into this, um, there's a lot of talk of like mutilation, cannibalism, dismemberment, um, trying to think of any other, uh, sexual BDS- assault, right? <clears throat> Was there BDSM and stuff? No. No. No? Okay. Um, so yeah, but most of you who are here, if you if this is not your first time, then you know that we talk about, like, we don't, you know, sugarcoat things. So, <laughs> um, but just, you're forewarned, it's, it's gonna get worse from here on out. So, they had to, like, identify her by her dental records. Um, the pathologist determined that she had been tortured for at least a week before she had died, and she died three days before they found her body. Her official cause of death, though, was stabbing, stabbed to death. Unfortunately, the case went cold after this. Um, she did have a mom that was, you know, that she, I think she had lived with her mother and her kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but her mom, unfortunately, with sex workers, and we know this to be true in other cases, like when they prey on them, they're doing it because not very many people know their route, they don't know who they last saw. They don't have a lot of family they're in contact with, so that's why serial killers usually prey on them because they're easier targets to not have so much investigation, I guess. Yeah. Um, Most of the time, which is unfortunate. And yeah, then you have a lot of times, especially in the 70s and 80s, the police just didn't care because they were sex workers. Um. So May 15th, 1982. So we've skipped to 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 May to nineteen eighty two. A twenty year old woman named Lorraine Burles Burleske. I I suck with last names. Um, Lorraine though she was abducted in the middle of the day. She was actually an office manager at a real estate office, and she was abducted in broad daylight. It was around eight thirty when her boss got to work, and he realized that. The door was still locked. Then he was kind of like looking around because he's like, okay, that's weird. You know, she's always here before me. So she, he was looking around and then he noticed that he saw on the ground that there was makeup scattered everywhere. Both of her shoes were laying there and the keys to the office. So it was at this point that he, <clears throat> excuse me, it was at this point that he was like, okay, something's wrong. So he called the police immediately to report it and then like, you know, her mother found out, and the whole town found out, and they started looking for her. They set up flyers. Her mother, in an interview on a documentary, she said that um, she just could never sleep again after that, and that's that so, so sad. sad. Like, I can't imagine um, I'd feel the same way if, losing a kid Yeah, one of at kids. any age. Or Adeline, I couldn't sleep either. Yeah. She also said that and this was sad too she decided that she was going to carry a white sheet around with her because she said that if she ever found her and her body was exposed or anything like that she was going to cover up for her. oh my god mm-hmm. so, so john milner was a detective who worked on the, this case um he was also like a medium or something like that which was a little weird but um he would use like hypnotism in order to kind of help um not victims but the families no the people like 
that may have saw something. Witnesses, that's oh, the word. Witnesses, yeah. <laughs> he would use hypnotism to help witnesses kind of like find, like remember things about that day. So he did this to one of the shop owners that was in that plaza that she was abducted from. Mm-hmm. And he said that he did remember that there had been a red van there all day long. And it was kind of weird because it was, or not all day long, but all morning. And it was weird because this van had never been there. And it was during like the morning time when nobody was really like shopping. So he didn't understand why the van was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty much all they had to go on on her case. Two weeks later, May 29th, a 30-year-old woman named Sumac. Um, went missing. She had been driving with her brother and they were like, you know, getting into an argument like brothers and sisters do. And he unfortunately like told her to get out. You can walk the rest of the way. And that was the last time she was ever seen. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I'm sure her brother like had a hard time after that. After that. Yeah. I know I would. Um, she was found four months later, though, in a shallow grave in the woods. She had been mutilated. Her skull was fractured, her ribs, and she had a broken arm. Her official cause of death, though, was a um, trauma to the head. She, like, she had had a blow to the head. June 13th, a sex worker who was only identified as H.C. was picked up in a red-orange-ish kind of van. This woman survived, so keep that in mind when you hear the rest of this. After she entered the van, a man told her to remove her clothes, forced her to give him oral sex, and he, like, had a gun to her head as well, and he said, if you try anything crazy, like, if you, you know, try to bite me or anything like that, I'll stab you to death, because he had a knife as well. He then told her to tie her pantyhose around her breast tight, so that way it would make them look kind of like um, poke out more. Okay. Then he told her to stab herself in the left breast. If she didn't, he was going to blow her brains out with the gun. Wow. She was then told to cut a hole in her breast large enough so that way he could... Um, to herself? Yeah. I don't Lar- know if anyone could do that. Yeah. Um, he wanted her to cut a hole in her breast large enough to where he could have sex with the wound. And he did that. And she did that. Then he pushed her out of the van um, and, like, shoved her clothes at her and then drove off. And she survived that. But there's not much about her. Um, she didn't, like... I think she gave them, like, a description or something, but I'm not really sure. I mean, there wasn't really much about her. Mm-hmm. But she survived. So, August 29th, we're still in 1982. This all takes place in 1982. 18-year-old Sandra Delaware was a sex worker who was found next to the Chicago River. Her hands were tied behind her back, and she had been raped, tortured, and a wine bottle had been broken inside of her. Mm-hmm. Um, her bra was wrapped tight around her throat and her left breast also had been cut off. So now we're starting to see a pattern. Like, it's always the left breast, which makes, doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not really sure. And they don't ever really explain why it was that. Yeah, because most of the time, isn't the left breast always smaller than the right breast or something like that? Or is it Sometimes, right and also, like, some people think, well, that was because that was where, like, it was over their heart, you know? Oh, okay. 
I mean, that's kind of understandable, but I don't think they're going to be thinking of their heart. Well, they also are part of, like, a cult. Oh, okay. <coughs> I see. Excuse me. So maybe that would make <coughs> sense if, if the cult was involved. I could see why that makes sense. Choking on my coffee. Um, We find out later, though, <clears throat> after everything comes out, we do find out later that one of the men that's cutting off the left breast, yeah. he actually uses piano wire to slice it off. What? Yeah. And, um... This is a strange case already. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and the crew, the Chicago River crew, it consists mm-hmm. of four men. So, there's four different men out there, which they don't know that at the, at the time, but there's four men out there that come together, and they're like, yeah, let's do that. You know, usually it's like a pair, or it's just one person, but yeah, four, four guys... Men. I don't know. It's crazy to me. I how... don't know how the conversation came up. Like, did someone just say, hey, let's do this? And then everybody's like, yeah. Like, what? Basically. We'll get into that. Wow, that's crazy. So, September 8th, Rose Davis was kidnapped and murdered. She was a marketing executive. So, as you can see right now, we're already, like, all over the map. There's, they don't, we do know that they kill women. But the profiles, the victim profile isn't exactly accurate because, They've killed sex workers, they've killed executives, they've killed office managers, and whites, blacks, Hispanic, like, it didn't matter the race. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just really All over the place. Rose was um, found in an alley. She had been raped, and deep wounds were on her breast. Her face had been hacked with a, ha- a hatchet or an axe. They weren't sure which kind. Um, the pathologist did say later that they, f- the most of the women that they found, mm-hmm. they realized that they were tortured before they died. Mm. So, like, these women were still alive whenever their breasts were cut off. And then they died And afterwards. it sounds like maybe they have to do it to themselves. Because that woman, that is... No, he he made her do that, but most of them did not have to do that to themselves. Okay. Um, October 6th, 1982 still. 18-year-old Beverly Washington was found in an alleyway. She was a sex worker, and her left breast had been cut off, and her right breast had been completely mutilated. She was found alive. This woman's a badass. She was sent to the hospital. She was put on a ventilator. But even while she was on a ventilator and, like, couldn't talk, she decided that she was going to give the cops a description however she could. So she started using, like, signals, and she would write for the police officers as well. She told them about the red van, and she also told them that once um, in the van, she was tied up with her hands behind her back, forced to take some pills, which the only thing I can think about the pill part because that comes up a few times is that um they were trying to like sedate them a little bit so that way they'd be easier to you know rape and all that she was then taken to a house she wasn't sure where the house was she was raped by all the men and then one man took a piano wire and tied it tight around her left breast to the point where he's like squeezing it to cut it off and we know how sharp piano wire can be and the thought of that makes me want to die and um makes me want to hold my tits yeah just want to hold them she said the pain was so unbearable though that she passed out and so the next thing she remembers is that she woke up in a hospital so she doesn't remember 
you know, everything after that. An APB was put out for the van and all the details that went with the van. I think she even said that the van had a wooden partition in the back so that way um, it would separate, like, the front from the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gave a lot of good descriptions of the van. So while they're looking for the van, though, they find... Um, On October 10th, 21-year-old Lorraine, they find her body. The one that was abducted at her office, you know? That was the real estate. They found her body in a cemetery. And just like all the others, um, she had been stabbed multiple times. Her left breast had been removed. She had been uh, sexually assaulted, raped. But the only difference between this one was that the pathologist said that um, she definitely was stabbed with an ice pick. Which is weird. So, they don't use just, like, normal normal weapons. They yeah, use obviously. ice picks, knives, hatchets, piano wire, etc. Ten days weird. later, two Chicago detectives were out. And they were riding around trying to find this van. When they come up on the van. So, the van was described just the way that... Um, the girl. The girl, Bev- Bev- Beverly. Beverly, had described it. And um, so they pull him over, and there's 21-year-old Edward Spritzer. I believe that's how you say his last name. Doesn't matter. He's a douche. He was driving the van. He tells them right away. Like, he's scared. He's, like, freaking out. Kind of, like, and the cops are like, okay, this is weird that he's acting like this. Yeah. Very suspicious. And, um, but he tells him right away, he's like, yeah, this isn't my van. This is my boss's van. Like, this isn't my van. I'm just driving it for my boss. And he said that he was, like, a handyman for this guy. And the man's name was Robert Getch. He was 30 years old. And he was, like, a, um, kind of like a contractor. You know, he'd do odd and end jobs for people. So, Edward and Robert, let's talk about how they met. Because they met first before they introduced these other two men. Edward was living in a hotel. Come to find out, it was the same hotel that our first victim, Linda, was found at. Remember she was found in a field? Yeah. Well, he was living at that hotel. That She was like, he, she was found yeah, in a field behind the hotel. That's really stupid that they would put the body that close to yeah. where they live, but okay. Yeah. Um, Just shows you how stupid they are. He was also working at a donut shop at the time, Edward was, and Robin would come in all the time, you know, to get donuts or whatever before work. And one day or one night Edward's car wouldn't start, so Robin was like, "Hey, I'll give you a ride back to your house." He also started working with him, like doing odd jobs as well after this, and he also decided one day while they were driving, he was like, um, you know, do you want to murder people or something like that? Wow. Um, so while the, pol- while the police were talking to Edward, he decided to take them to Robin's house as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, what is that? Oh. <laughs> Hang on, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's the dog. Okay. He's chewing on something he's not supposed to be chewing on. Oh, yeah. You're not supposed to be chewing on that. <laughs> it's a skull. From Halloween. <laughs> I don't know where that where that came from. Okay, so anyways, 
While they're um, while the police are talking to Edward, he decides to take them to Robin's house. Obviously, at this point, he is trying to like save his a- his own ass mm-hmm. and be like, "Yeah, this is all Robin's idea." And when they get there, Robin's description um, matches what Beverly like the way he looks matches what Beverly told the cops. Of course, Robin is denying all this, and he's. Like, no, I've I've been here the whole time with my wife and three kids. Yeah. He has a wife and three kids? He has a wife and three kids. Of course he does. Yeah, Damn, of course he does. they always have wife and kids. I'm like, how? So they look at his van and they realize it's modified. <coughs> just like Beverly said, there's a wooden partition in there. Um, there was something else that was weird about it. I think there was, oh, there was a feather hanging from the rear mirror. Like a purple feather. Okay. It was really unique because, like, nobody... That was one of the descriptions she gave. I don't know what the feather was about. But, unfortunately, they were not able to... um, They didn't have any evidence at this point. Mm -hmm. So, they were, like, digging a little deeper and found out that he had been... Edward had been living at that hotel. The manager of the hotel, they went and, like, talked to him. And they were like, hey, have you seen these this guy and this guy? And he was like, yeah, I've seen them and three other men as well. He said they would come and they would get connecting rooms to each other and they would also have like weird parties and stuff. And the office manager said that he that they gave off like cult vibes, like satanic cult vibes, which I don't really know how you can tell that, but whatever. I could tell that. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. It was, it was <laughs> weird. Um, the police needed Beverly to identify Robin at this point because they don't have any evidence. Yes, they have the van, but... They really need her to identify him. So, with her permission, they decide to do a lineup in the hospital. They had already done a photo lineup. She had picked him out. But they needed, like, the actual lineup. So, they bring him to the hospital. And, like, right away, she's like, yeah, that's the guy. Um, He was immediately arrested for sexual battery. Not for murder at this point. Because we don't, you know, all, all they have is that he did do this to her. And she's still alive. But attempted murder? I don't understand why that couldn't yeah, happen. Yeah, I was going to say, why didn't they do attempted murder? Because obviously she would have died if nobody would have found her, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so he was actually, don't know why, have no fucking clue why this happened, but he was able to bail out. He bonded himself out. Mm-hmm. That Are was the thing. Serious? That was a, They let him. How long was he in jail? Uh, like that night, because he, oh he bonded God. himself out. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he, of course he had to come back for court later, but he's wow. still out there doing whatever he wants to. A sex worker um, came forward after he was arrested and said that she tried that he tried to do this to her as well. And so they issued another warrant for his arrest on November 5th, and he was re-arrested. Because at this point, it's two people that he's done this to. Yeah. They then, well, she was she was fine. She got away, but you know what I mean. They then started interviewing Edward for hours and tried to make him break to be like, who are these other two <coughs> men that have been with y'all, you know, all that. And he said, <laughs> Edward was like, didn't didn't hold nothing back. I mean, which I'm glad he was stupid, but he, he was like, yeah, so we're part of a cult and we have like a satanic Bible, but we don't worship Satan is what he said. They kind of, he said, we kind of, like, worship Robin, and we idolize him, and he's, like, you know. Robin? Robin is the man. 
main guy? Yeah, he's the one that's got the kids and the, the wife. I, he's just confessing everything, man. He's really yeah, Edward, himself a hole. Edward, Edward pretty much confesses everything. Um, now, keep in mind, Robin is 30, in his 30s. Edward and these other two kids, they're, they're young. I mean, they're in their 20s. So, it'd be like if me and you, like, I was the leader and you were the, you know. Yeah, I, like, was like, yes. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> um... However, keep in mind, they were all ruled completely sane in court, so I didn't want you to think that they were, like, insane or something like that. I mean, they were insane, but they knew what they were doing, is my point. They all would abduct women, rape them, stab them, and or whatever they wanted to do to them. And then Robin was the one that would remove the left breast with the piano wire. In court documents, Edward said one night they were riding in a van, and in Robin's van, after he had picked him up from, like, being, you know, uh, his car wouldn't work or whatever. And he had done this a few times. He had picked him up a few times, you know, and when his car wouldn't start. But this night, he was like, hey, this is Robin's exact words. He said, hey, let's kill, let's pick up and kill some whores, is what he said. Wow. To which Edward was like... Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, just out of the blue. Um, that is so weird. He also told them, Edward also told them that Andrew, can't say his last name. It starts with a K. But he told him that he was with them the first night that they killed Linda. Edward told them that the first night they had killed anyone, which was Linda, they took her to the hotel. They raped her, sexually assaulted her. They then drug her body to the back of the field, and um, they started hearing her, like, moan, like, in a scream, moan kind of way, mm -hmm. and they didn't know what was going on because Robin was over there with her. Then they walk over there, and they realize, oh, shit, like, they're, he was like, oh, then we saw Robin cutting her um, left breast off with piano wire, and then after that, he starts having sex with it. To which I'm guessing they're all sitting there like, oh, cool. And then they walk off. Oh, like, what? what the f Nothing happens? Like, like, they didn't do anything? No. And they didn't freak out or anything. And that's what's so crazy is, like, they, it's one thing to, like, I guess if you had all these guys that decided they were, like, you know, like a rapist cult. But then this one dude is, like, cutting a breast off and having sexual relations with the whole. It's just weird. I, I don't know. Um, not, I'm not saying that a, a rapist cult thing is okay. I'm just saying like, I just don't how do you go from that to murder? Yeah. And, and then also the guy's just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. I don't know. I don't know. Now, Andrew was a guy who worked with Robin and he also was a live-in babysitter. For Robin, sometimes he would wow. watch. He would watch the kids. He'd watch them kiddos. So Andrew was brought in for questioning, and at this point, he like he doesn't. They show him a picture of Lorraine, which was the girl that was found in the cemetery. Um, the one, the office manager that was yeah. abducted. They found. They showed him a picture, and he was like, "Yeah, we killed her. We we did that." He didn't. He didn't lie about anything. They all said they remember exactly how... They don't remember exactly how many victims they had, but they did say that they, like, lost count. Um, so, Thomas 
is another person. That's the, the last guy. And that was actually Andrew's brother. So, yeah. He brings his brother into it. And they do that thing. Thomas said that they would abduct girls off the streets, which we knew, and that they would um, take them back to Robin's house, which when his wife was like at work and stuff like that, or when the kids were at school, he, they would go there. Robin had a, in his attic, he had like a makeshift cult area. There was an altar, there was a bed, there was like candles everywhere, and they said that he would walk around the bed, like, reading from the satanic bible while they were like raping and stabbing the girl on the bed that's weird okay yeah um his but wife they... to this day still says that he's innocent and he and robin never admits to any of this he says no i wasn't involved in any of this so was robin a part of the cult and like yeah he was the leader basically but they're saying that they're they don't worship the devil it makes no sense it doesn't make any sense um they would say that Robin was doing all this because he was trying, because he was powerful. He was he was getting powers. I don't know how that was happening, oh, but okay. I don't know what kind of powers he was getting, considering he wasn't like a millionaire or anything. I no. mean, he wasn't some badass. He was just a regular construction Joe. dude. Yeah. No. So he talked these men into this. Um, well, I guess he didn't really have to talk him into it too much. So, he must have been a grand ma manipulator. Yeah, he must have been. So, we also find out from Thomas, he says that um, everyone, when they would... It's going to get worse. Everyone in the group, all four of them, because at this point, Edward only said that... Edward said that only uh, Robin was the one that was cutting off the breast and having sexual relations with it the hole like the chest hole but thomas and andrew both admit they're like yes we all did that so what they would do um i hate that i'm even having to say this but what they would do is they would cut off the breast then they would all ejaculate into it and masturbate into the hole the chest cavity and then they would take the breast that they had cut off and cut it into pieces and then eat it. That is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And this was part of, like, their ritual, is what they said. So, Robin had a girlfriend, um, and she, she said at one point, she said that in an interview, she said, yeah, he wanted me to cut off my nipple. Like, he kept telling me, like, after they had been dating a while, like, you need to, you know, cut your nipple off, cut your nipple off, or if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. And she was like, yeah, peace. And like, yeah, she, been the same way. she left him. Um, and then I think he even had an ex-wife. He did have an ex-wife. And I, and I can't remember correctly, but she had like a, a scar on her chest. And that could have been from, you know, him trying to cut her breast off. But nothing's ever been confirmed on that. Um, but like I said, though, the men thought that Robin was like getting powers from this. Whatever. Um... They were all charged... They were only able to charge all of them with um, five counts of murder. Because they couldn't find all the other victims. But they believe there was upwards of like 20 victims oh. out there. Robin still says he's innocent to this day, like I said. And one of the crazy things about this story, if it doesn't get any crazier, is that Robin, when he was young, like in his 20s, like 18, 19, 20... Um, 
he worked for John Wayne Gacy because remember Gacy had like a contracting business or whatever and so there's been no evidence to suggest that he helped Gacy but like what are the odds that two serial killers are working together that is really weird it's really strange so and they're both like sexual deviants serial killers Mm -hmm. which just blows my mind so he um because you know Gacy was also in the Chicago like Illinois area so it's just crazy. Um, this is a weird case, man. A lot of coincidences. It is weird. So Robin was arrested and he was sentenced after trial. He was sentenced to 120 years in prison. He does get out in like 2040 something if, if you know, he, he, wants survive, he does though. get out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas was sentenced to life in prison. Edward was sentenced to death and so was Andrew. You're probably wondering, why weren't they all sentenced to death? Well, they couldn't... No one would implicate Robin. None of the guys were would tell them... They never said, yes, he's the one that did all this. Well, I'm so confused, but he, they said he was his leader, right? Yeah, they said he was the leader. And they said that he would, like, walk around the bed or whatever. But, but all the guys... any of them. Yeah. Beverly and all the other and the and the other girl that survived were like, no, this was the guy that tried to like, or this was the guy that cut my breast off with a piano wire. But the the guys were saying, no, he didn't do that. We did that. Yeah. What? So that's why he didn't get the death penalty. He got 120 years. Um. How long did they know this guy? Do you know? That like, I don't know. I couldn't figure that out. Did I they just figure out. meet this guy? How can you, like, literally... I mean, Andrew and Tom... I think Andrew had been working for him for a little while, but not, not super long. And Edward only knew him because he was the dude that kept coming into the donut shop that he worked oh at. God, and then he so would crazy. give him some rides. He'd give him some rides, and then eventually, after giving him, I don't know, five or ten rides home, he was like, hey, you want to murder people with me? <laughs> That's crazy. I wouldn't, um, like pe- I wouldn't like people that much. Like, if somebody... I would just be like, no. So, Thomas, who was sentenced to life in prison, he went back and had another trial. He, like, appealed it or whatever. And he made a deal because he was giving up names of another murder. I don't know why this was the deal. They were like, yeah, that's great. We'll do, we'll do that deal instead of... <laughs> whatever. He was sentenced to... His, his life in prison sentence got revoked. Um, after this appeal, and he was sentenced to 70 years. So, that's a long time. But you're probably thinking, okay, that's a long time. Maybe he'll die in prison. Um, no, because in Illinois, they have this thing where even if you're a murderer, you can get out for good behavior. Are you serious? Yeah. So, he got out for good behavior in 19... I mean, uh, 19. He got out for good behavior in 2019. So he's oh he's out. God. He's out. Right now? Yeah, he's out right now. Living that his is best life. Crazy. Um, he said that he was just. There was an interview with him, and he's an ass. He said that he was just a bad kid. He was just a bad guy. And the families, like, I feel sorry for them, but like, I'm out. So I don't know what what oh they're gonna do. God. Yeah. He said he just had a bad attitude, and he was just just a bad kid. He said that, the, you know, he was like, the families want to see me in prison again, but there's nothing they could do about it. Like, I'm, I'm out of prison, so. Almost like he a get like over a, it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, the families were super pissed about this, and but unfortunately, 
you know, there wasn't anything they could do. And keep in mind, uh, Thomas is in his 50s. So it's not like he can't kill anybody. I mean, he's yeah. very capable of doing this again. It's not one of the family members. I think it was, uh, I think it was Linda's brother or Lorraine's brother. I think it was Lorraine's brother was like, yeah, it's just a matter of time before he does this to somebody else. And then, you know, the justice system is going to be, it's going to be on their hand, on their head. And he's going to think, this. oh, if I just act good, I'll get out again. Exactly. Um, I have no clue why they let him out, but whatever. So, yeah, the rest of them, though, are still in jail. Well, no, Andrew um, Andrew was uh, died by lethal injection. But Edward is still in jail, um, still on death row, I believe. And then, of course, Robin is. And, uh, yeah, so that is the story of the Chicago Ripper crew. Well, not really the story, the awfulness that it happened. So crazy mm-hmm. like i can't imagine people just all being like yeah let's go kill some people yeah and then being like okay with cutting a breast off like masturbating into the chest cavity <laughs> yeah Let alone kill some people like the and that's what nobody could ever really like understand like what were you they were part of a cult okay but like what were you doing like what was the what was the point? And there was only four of you. It sounds like the cult thing was just made up so that way they could have an excuse. and um, Or so that way Robin could have an excuse. He probably told them some crazy shit like, yeah, we're, you know, gonna do this and we're gonna be, like, rich eventually or something. I don't know. The more bodies we sacrifice. I have no idea. I want to know what he told them. What did he say to convince them? But, I mean... Hitler convinced millions of people to kill innocent people. So yeah. I can understand there are some crazy people who literally can convince you to do crazy things. Yeah. And it's like, it's really scary. My thing is, about. it just like Ian Brady, when it came to uh, the Moors murders, you know how he was in the bar with um, the friend's boyfriend or whatever? And he was like, you want to help me do some murders? And the guy was like, yeah, no. (laughs) So, and he was like, oh, I'm just, just playing. So it's like, why would you not? Like, these guys obviously didn't do that. But if they would have been like, no, I feel like they wouldn't have went to. If anybody ever comes up to me and they're like, hey, you want to help me murder somebody? I'll be like, no, I don't. And then if I, if they're, you know. They're like, oh, just kidding, kidding. JK. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to call the police now. (laughs) Okay, 911. (laughs) Yeah. You might want to keep an eye on this guy because he just asked me if I want to murder people with him. Um, Especially the fact, like, Ian Brady, that whole situation, that was like children that they were, you know, and nobody thought to contact the police. But anyways. um, So, yeah. That's it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. We will hopefully have it up today. It's Friday. We're doing this on a Friday in the morning. Um, (laughs) So we'll have it up in a few hours for you. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else I need to say. I don't think so. We should have an episode next week. We should definitely be able to record something because she's, you know, off. Yeah. Yay. And um, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. We need to do... We did we did ser- we did a serial killer. We were going to do a two-parter for our anniversary, but I just I had to do this one cuz I've been wanting to do this one for a while yeah. and I kept forgetting about it. 
And um, it's hard to do serial killers, man, because everybody knows about them. We don't want to do, like, we thought about doing John Wayne Gacy, but everybody knows. Everybody knows him. Everybody yeah. knows him. <laughs> so, um, there's another one I want to do, though. Have you ever heard of uh, Willie Picton and the Pig Farm? Mm-mm. Picton Pig Farm? Uh, yeah, that one's crazy. Um, that was actually when I was I was researching, which I've heard of the case before, but I was, like, kind of researching it for this. And then I came across the Chicago River Crew. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to do this one for a while because it's insane. Um, so, anyways, maybe we'll do that one next. I don't know. All right, guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter now. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, my husband has a gaming channel. No, it's way off topic. But if you guys want to subscribe to his channel, go check it out. It's pretty cool. He does some really good stuff. And I'll link that down below as well. Um, but yeah. Alright, well we hope that you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Eat lots of food. I know I'm going to. Um, and enjoy your break. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye.